Hello, this is Nathan Lott, and welcome to episode two of the Mac Apple Users Podcast. So I have a lot of news to cover, so we're going to start with that. On Monday was Apple's big Worldwide Developers Conference keynote, and it was a big one. They spent about two hours on it and had six important announcements. So let's start with uh, tvOS. They didn't have a whole lot to say about tvOS other than that Amazon is coming to the Apple TV later this year with Prime Video. They didn't even give a date on that. So it may be the fall or it may be earlier than that. Who knows? I just hope it's pretty quickly. I was hoping it would be this summer because there's a lot of stuff that I'd like to watch. But we'll just have to wait. Next is Apple Watch. So in Watch OS 4, they announced some new watch faces. And there's a Siri watch face that shows info relevant to you using machine learning based on your routines. So, for example, you'll see a calendar appointments that you may have or reminders on your watch screen or how many minutes it will take to get to a place that you always go to, like work or back home. Things like that. And then you can rotate the crown to see more info from Siri. So it will be like an intelligent, proactive assistant. There's also a kaleidoscope face with trippy effects. And then they also did some Toy Story faces like Woody, Jesse, and Buzz Lightyear with uh, animations such as Buzz Lightyear coming down the and, and grabbing Woody and things like that. Then in activities, it's more personalized to you. So it lets you know if you're close to matching your achievements. There are monthly challenges. Right now there are challenges on special events, like they had one for Mother's Day. If you exercised for one mile, then you got this uh, Mother's Day achievement. But I guess now they're going to do monthly challenges. And then there are these special kind of fireworks animations when you close your rings. The workout app has a new UI. It's easier to start a workout. High-intensity interval trainings were also added, so that means that you could be running for 5 to 10 minutes, then walk, and then another run, and so on. And it will automatically tell you or tap you on the wrist when it's time to change to the new interval. You can also have multiple workout sessions in one session. So for example, if you're at the gym and you're riding on the bike and then you move to the Stairmaster, you can add a new workout while you're in a session uh, to something else so you can have multiple workouts. Uh, there's going to be a data exchange with gym equipment that is the gym equipment that is compatible with the watch. So you can like tap your watch to the exercise bike, for example, and get all the data synced 
from the exercise bike to your watch and vice versa. And then they also redesigned the music app so you can get Apple Music images. You can get to your albums by rotating the crown and tap to play. And you can also swipe to the left while you're in workout to control your music. And the new Apple Watch OS 4 will be available in the fall. Next, let's move on to Mac. So in Mac OS, they introduced High Sierra, which is the next version of Mac OS. This would be 10.13. So in High Sierra is going to be more like a iteration, a uh, kind of a talk to the TikTok cycle. It's uh, adding on to what's already there in Safari, I mean, in Sierra, and fixing more things under the hood. Some of the things they announced in Safari, there's going to be autoplay blocking, and then intelligent tracking uh, prevention uses machine learning to analyze and block trackers. Mail has top hits in search, so when you search within Mail, you'll get your top related searches. A full screen split view in Mail, and Mail will t take 35% less disk space. Photos is going to have a persistent sidebar. It will have uh, more filters by keywords. Recognizes more faces automatically, and also the names of faces are going to be synced across all devices, which will be nice. There will also be more enhancements to editing in photos, such as curves and selective colors. And then all edits in third-party photo apps will sync back to photos. Finally, they're bringing the Apple File System, or APFS, to Mac OS. This was introduced in iOS 10.3 and they are bringing it to the Mac. It's going to be a lot faster and a lot more efficient and it's more optimized for Macs running SSDs or solid state drives. There's a new video standard also. H.265 instead of H.264, which will mean uh, 4K or H HD video, HDR video. They announced VR and a AR kit, and then uh, as well as uh, Metal 2. Their, their, and Metal is their uh, chipset for coding directly to to the metal of the processor and it just makes uh, graphics go a lot faster and games and applications works just so much faster. Final Cut will be able to edit in VR now. So then they also added some new hardware such as uh, new iMacs with 43% brighter and a billion colors and then 7th generation Intel KB Lake processor. In the entry level iMac, it has RAM that goes up to 32 gigabytes. And on the 27 inch, it is a RAM that goes up to 64 gigabytes. Two Thunderbolt connections. The entry level iMac has up to 80% faster graphics. And the Retina 4K has discrete graphics, which has three times faster.
the iMac entry level starts at 10.99 and goes to 17.99 for the 27 inch. Then they also refresh the MacBooks to KB Lake, and that starts at 12.99 for the MacBook. Then the MacBook Air gets a bump in megahertz. That's all they did to the MacBook Air. And then they did a sneak peek of an iMac Pro, which is going to cost $5,000. This is a 5K display, the most powerful Mac they've ever done, 18-core Xeon processors, and Radeon Vega graphics. And that's going to be available in December. And this is definitely for the Pro market. Now let's move on to iOS. So this was the big one in my opinion, iOS 11. And so they talked about features that will be in both the iPhone and iPad. And then they also talked about features that are specific to the iPad. So the first thing they talked about in iOS 11 is messages. There's a redesigned app drawer at the bottom of the screen that makes it easier to access your iMessage apps and stickers and things like that. All uh, of your conversations are synced through iCloud and they optimize device storage so there's a smaller and faster backups. They added person-to-person -person Apple Pay, which is kind of cool. And this is done through iMessage and it will either let you pay someone and then it when you pay someone it goes to a kind of a debit card that they can use at other Apple Pay locations or you can transfer that money to a bank. Siri has uh, some new things that it can do. It could do translation and it has a new interface. The translation is if you ask it to say a certain thing in Chinese or another language, it will say that. And then it also has a new interface, a new look. Instead of kind of the waveform, it's not like a stylized circle. They also added Siri Kit, and that can do task management and work with different apps for Siri can use different third-party apps and it will also understand what you want to do next. Siri is synced across all of your devices with end-to-end -end encryption. So here's my big question about Siri is will it be better? From what they're saying, it sounded like it might, but here's my problem with Siri, especially in the car. If I were to say, hey, Shlomo, and I'm saying that so it doesn't, activate my phone. If I say, hey, slow-mo, it should, I should then be able to say my command or query at, right after that. Instead, I have to wait for a beep in order to give my query or command. And I just got an Amazon Echo Dot. And that seems to work so much better in that, in that way where you say the A word and then uh, you can automatically tell it what you want. And it seems to understand you a whole lot better. The other problem with Siri is that you're not 100% sure it's going to do what you ask. Other things in iOS 11, uh, they 
did more with the camera so you can do high efficiency video up to 2x better compression you can trim your live photos and you can also go in a live photo and choose a new key photo within that so this is the one that appears um, to the user uh, if you're just looking at your photos so if you want a better part of that live photo you can choose that as the key and then they also updated Control Center. Control Center is a single page with separate little windows. Then you can 3D touch each of those little windows to make them bigger or add more things. You can also customize uh, Control Center with with different different settings, and and there's a whole page of what you can add and subtract from Control Center. It's going to take some getting used to in the look. It's just a bunch of little windows. It looks a little bit cluttered to me, but I think um, I would get used to that pretty quickly. You can also 3D touch to make any of those panels bigger. They also did some more things with live photos. There's seamless loops and long exposure for water movement. Memory videos. So videos in the memory mode take advantage of the portrait mode of your phone and lets you use all of that space. In maps, they did uh, indoor mapping of malls and airports, and they also added speed limits and lane guidance. So if you need to be in a certain lane, it will now tell you that, which is nice. They also added a do not disturb while driving. So this means that you won't be able to text or see your notifications coming in while you are driving. And if someone tries to text you while you are driving and you have do not disturb on, it will send an automated message back to them saying that you're driving and you will get to it later. If it's an urgent message that really needs to go through, they can type urgent and it will go through and you will see it. Then they also added AirPlay 2, uh, a next version of AirPlay, and this lets you select speakers in multiple rooms in your house, uh, select a, a different speaker for each room. In Apple Music, you can see what your friends are listening to. They added Music Kit, and so more third-party apps will get full access to Apple Music. They redesigned the app store, so there's now faster app review times. You can auto-renew subscriptions with Apple Pay. And in the completely redesign of the app store, there's now an, a today view. And I guess they kind of made this more like Apple News. It's more like a magazine now, it, it looked like. So in the today view, you tap on an app and it will give you a lot of background about the app. It'll show you videos of the app in in use and it give you some background about the developer. And these are all curated by Apple's editorial app team. And then they also have a separate tab for games and the same thing there as well as a separate tab for just regular apps. So that will be interesting. There will be how-to guides and more info. And it 
sounds like kind of they're making it more into a magazine or a news app where you can buy the apps while you're also reading about the, the, them. So that might be interesting. They also added AR kit, augmented reality. And so they had some demos of people like putting a lamp on a table and it has the drop shadows as just right. Or they had a company come in and they had this game where ships are flying around and you have this city that rolls out on the table that you're fighting other people in. And then you can still see the audience of the keynote behind them. But all the action is going on on this table. So um, other things... As people are beginning to play with the developer betas, some new things are coming to light. They showed in the iPad section that you can now have more apps in your dock, um, more than the six that there is now. And now you'll be able to have up to 15 apps in your dock. There's a screen recording option. So if you add screen recorder to your control center, you can now record your screen. There is a type to Siri option in accessibility. So if you don't want to talk to Siri, you can type your commands. Or if you're in a place where it's not good to talk to Siri, like you're in the office or around a whole lot of people, then you can do that. One of the other things they announced for the iPad is drag and drop. So you can drag documents from one to another you can uh, drag um, selected text or photos and then you can also when you're dragging you can tap it with another finger and select multiple items and you can also do that with the when moving apps around so if you're wanting to move a bunch of apps to your dock which you now can now have 15 you just tap and hold to move an app and then with another finger just keep tapping all the apps that you want to move and you can do uh, multiple selections when you drag an app to the to the side that opens up in the split view and whatever apps you pair together is persistent app pairing so that means that an app will stay paired with another app as, uh, when you quit out of it and you go into the multitasking mode, those apps will be together as long as you uh, keep them that way. If you drag them apart, they will uh, stay apart. And then they also added some stuff to notes, like you can now scan in the notes app or you can do inline drawing. So you don't have to go to the drawing mode. You can just start drawing right within a note and it goes right in line. So in the iPad section, they announced a new iPad Pro, the 10.5-inch. And this is the iPad Pro that I want to replace my iPad Air 2 with. But that's probably not going to be until Christmas. Um, it reduces the borders on the side, so it makes a larger screen. It uh, now lets you use a full-size smart keyboard or a full-size on-screen keyboard. It has true tone, just like the 9.5-inch iPad Pro, and that means that 
it adjusts the colors on the Mac to the ambient light uh, wherever you might be. It has something called ProMotion, where if you're using the Apple Pencil, it will reduce the latency time significantly. It was already, I had heard that with the Apple Pencil, it's already pretty latency free, but now it's going to be even better, even smoother using the Apple Pencil using ProMotion. They doubled the refresh rate, so from 60 hertz, it's now 120 hertz. So that makes it faster as well. They added an A10X Fusion chip, 6-core CPU, and 12-core GPU, 30% faster CPU and 40% faster graphics. They showed off a new app called Affinity Photo. This is a full-featured photo editing app for the iPad. It's not cheap. It's $20, and that that's the introductory price. I bought it, and I will review it in a later podcast. I'm not quite ready to talk about it now because it's going to take a lot of learning to kind of learn how to use it. Both sizes of the iPad Pro, the 10.5 and the 12.9, start at 64 gigabytes, so that is really cool. And the 10.5 is going to be $649 to start with, and the 12.9 is... $799 to start with, and they are shipping next week. Another thing they added is a new app called Files. So now they kind of have a file management system, and I've heard that this works on the iPad and the iPhone. You can access your files from iCloud, Dropbox, Box, Google Drive, Microsoft OneDrive, So all of your files will be in this Files app. And finally, the last thing they announced was the home speaker called the HomePod. It's under 7 inches tall, powered by an A8 chip. It uses spatial awareness to adjust the sound to a room. And it works with Apple Music subscriptions. It has an array of six microphones, so you can say, Hey Shlomo, and tell it what you want to play. It's encrypted, it's private, so it only will turn on and activate once you use those magic words. And it's going to sell for $349 and be available in December. Like I said, I just got an Echo Dot, so this is probably not something that I'm going to want or need, but... It will be interesting to see the other people's reactions to it. And I've already heard from the press that were there at WWDC that it does have a lot better sound than the Echo. Okay, so that is all of the news that happened this week. A lot of news. It was a really good keynote and just jam-packed with new announcements. So... Let's move into the reviews section. In the reviews, I just want to talk about really quickly the Exxon Speed Pass Plus app. 
and this is really cool because it allows you to use Apple Pay at the gas pump. So what you do is you're at the gas pump and you open up the Exxon Speed Pass app. You tell it to, you can either use it to find Exxon locations or if you're already at an Exxon, then you uh, do pay for fuel. It'll ask you what gas pump you're at. So you have to put slide and find the number of the gas pump that you're at and you use a QR code that's on the gas pump to scan it. And then once you do that, you can use Apple Pay to pay for your gas. And this works with the iPhone, and you can even skip all of those steps with the Exxon app on the Apple Watch. Although I haven't got Apple Pay to work on my Apple Watch uh, as successfully. So then once you're done filling gas, it's already sent to Apple Pay, and that's it. It's a really simple app, and it's the closest I've ever seen to Apple Pay at the gas pump. And I wish it were available in more locations. But that's my little review for this week is the Exxon Speed Pass Plus. Now for group news. And the only group news I have is, unfortunately, we're not going to be having any meetings, probably until August. We had to cancel our uh, June meeting because um, we're doing runoff elections here in San Antonio for mayor. And a couple of our members who host us at this church are going to be running uh, polling locations. And so we're not going to have a space for our meeting. And then I think I'm going to be on vacation in July during the time of our Mac Apple users meeting. So I'm afraid there's not going to be a meeting until August. And that's going to do it for this podcast. You can go and find us on our website, macappleusers.com. And if you want to get in touch with me personally, you can email me, nathanlott at iCloud.com. So thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next month.